welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 87. Let's roll. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Everybody's having a good time right now in Dynasty land. This is rookie draft time. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not in too many leagues. I, last week I had Scott Connor on he was like, you've probably done a bunch of rookie drafts. And at the time, I don't even think I had done one complete one. So, uh, you know, I'm in about 10, 15 leagues or whatever. Some of y'all are in one, uh, some of you are in 50. I think the, the idea and how you play dynasty changes if you're in one league versus if you're in multiple versus if you're in you know, a lot, a, a great many, because then it's more of a portfolio as Scott Connor put it last week. You know, he's always thinking about his exposure to certain players and he's really looking at it as a, you know, uh, a percentage of how many uh, shares of a player he has, as opposed to does he like this guy or that guy. When you're in a single league, these decisions are are, are much more uh, weighty. They feel like they have a full gravitational pull. I mean, I'm in 10, 15 leagues and sometimes I'm on the clock And, you know, that's when you really put your rankings to the test. And today, this show is about our rankings at the Undroppables. So I have on with me today, El Presidente. You've had him on here many times before. You guys love him. Everybody knows Chalk. So at 101 Chalk on Twitter. Chalk, my partner, what is going on, buddy? Yo, what's up, Jax, man? Thanks for having me on. Um, Excited to be back here talk some dynasty, talk some rookies and rankings. Let's get to it. Yeah, I think we'll we'll sort of talk uh, you know, rankings and, you know, sort of go through the board one by one and it'll probably spill over to some of these other topics of conversation, you know, AJ Brown, etc. But I really want to start right at the top, you know, talk about our rankings, talk about, you know, hey, if you're following us and and you're listening to us and, you know, you, you believe that we have something of an insight uh, or something of a process that you can trust to some degree, well, then let's talk through that, talk through how we got here, talk about what we got right, what we got wrong, what we think we know, what we think we think going forward. And, you know, this 1.01, the top of this draft is is filled with a, a few players that are that feel very solid, but doesn't feel as elite as drafts of the past. Would you agree with that? Yeah, no, it's, you know, I think this consensus is that, you know, aside from maybe Reese Hall, you know, this class is lacking that uber elite, you know, league winning off the bat, you know, day one type talent. You know, I think that's that's true. But with that said, I think there's still you know, value to be had, of course, right, as in any rookie draft. Yep. Um, You know, so I think it's um, how you play it. And we can get into that today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we both do have Brees Hall at the 1.01. We do have the have Brees Hall at the 1.01 for the Undroppables draft kit and for our consensus rankings. And look, him being at the 1.01 is a little bit, a tiny little bit by default and not because he's this generational talent. I mean, he does check a lot of boxes and he is a a really solid high-end running back prospect. There is no doubt. But for me, he does fall short of that JT, Zeke, Barkley sort of stratosphere. And I would sort of put him with the Dobbins, Swift, Akers, Dalvin sort of, you know, group where it's like, 
Yes, but not all the way to the top. And so he is the 1.01. I, I feel really good about that. He did get, you know, one overall draft uh, draft capital in terms of the running back position. Early second round is, you know, fine. That's where Javante went. Yeah, I'd put him in the sort of the same tier as Javante, who was the 110 last year. So, you know, I like him a lot. Uh, but, you know, if you were to throw him in some of these past draft classes, he would not be the clear 1.01. But I do think he is the clear 1.01 in this draft class. Uh, do you have any trepidation not taking uh, Brees Hall at the 1.01 in any formats at this point, uh, Chuck? No, no. You know, I think it's people will say, you know, oh, you, you could pick, you know, a receiver because you need a receiver and you don't need running backs because you're not competing. I, I mean, honestly, in this this particular class, you know, in a vacuum, Brees Hall is the 101. Like, it doesn't matter what your team looks like, how far you are from competing. You take him here. Uh, you let him marinate and explode in the first few weeks of the season. And then you can move, move him if you don't need him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's a, he's a type of player that you just draft and you know that he's going to – his value will go up. Well, and we've That's, we've kind of done the research. You're right. I mean, you know, the these, these running backs, I mean, tend not to fail. I mean, they're really – kind of insulated by opportunity. Uh, even the busts have had insulated value for, you know, Trent Richardson, people forget he was, you know, he was great in his rookie season. So, you know, lest we forget exactly how these running backs work, they usually get that opportunity uh, and they usually hold, if not increase their value uh, going forward. So, yeah, I agree with you. We do differ as to who we have in that two slot. Um, tell us, tell the people who you have at, at your uh, number two uh, player in this draft and who you would take at the 1.02. So, you know, in my rankings, right? I mean, strictly off my rankings, it's Garrett Wilson uh, at the 102 in Superflex leagues. Although, um, any given draft, and I think you just, I mean, you did allude to this at the beginning of the show, depending yeah. on how many leagues you're in, right? Your strategy would be different. So, if I'm in one or two leagues, right, and I have one shot at Garrett Wilson, I'm taking Garrett Wilson, right? Because that's in my process, um, who I liked just has the highest floor, safest, uh, maybe not the highest upside in the class. I mean, definitely not, but just someone I feel like all things considered, I just could put my money on it and I could profit something, right? Um, but, you know, you asked me a different draft and I've done this across different drafts, um, you know, it may, it's a different answer. So, but hey, have you had any 1.02s? And because I just had one, but I'd like to hear if you have had any yet and what you've done. Yeah, so I've had two, and <laughs> I've taken Garrett Wilson and then I've taken Drake London. So, yeah, I've mixed it up a little bit. Um, just because there was a you know, I had a fling with Drake London, it was after our show the last time yeah. I was on. We talked <laughs> about welcome. Drake London. And you got me kind of excited and just got me curious. So I was like, let me let me look at everything again, right? Like, obviously, there's something I, I wasn't really paying attention to. So I took a look at everything again and, you know, kind of had a little fling and, you know, had him at the 102 for a while. Um, but I, I do like Drake London. Um, so I did, I, I have, you know, selected him uh, is where I've could taken Drake, uh, Garrett Wilson, but, you know, kind of, again, depending on, team and the league situation and how many leagues you have yeah absolutely well I was at the 1.02 and I gotta tell you it was a 10 team 
double super flex. So you can start up to three quarterbacks. And boy, oh boy, I tanked because I don't want to draft Kenny Pickett, but I had to really consider Kenny Pickett at that 1.02. I'm pretty stacked at quarterback. I'm also very stacked with 23 firsts. So I decided to pass on Kenny Pickett. And then I was faced with, and I think this is a, a big decision. Uh, Ken, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny Walker, uh, you know, Kenneth Walker versus one of those three uh, wide receivers. And it was a tough choice, um, you know, and, and then it was, if I go wide receiver, do I take Drake London again? Because I'd already taken him one. So I was literally tanked out, man. I was like, man, I don't know what to do. And I sat there on the clock for overnight. I was the lat. I was late. You know, I was on the clock late and I said, you know, I'm going to sleep on this actually. Uh, you know, I'm on the West coast. I'm like, you know, fuck it. So I woke up and took Drake London again and felt really good about it. But man, that's a tough choice. And when you're on the clock, you sort of learn a little bit about, you know, what you really think of these players, because, you know, I really wanted to take Kenneth Walker, but uh, he scares me just enough. And I was, you know, really solid at running back. I, I really think if I were devoid of running backs, but had a competitive team, I'd have taken Kenneth Walker. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the dilemma. Right. And I, I, I've Michael, you know, asked me actually before you got on earlier, how many drafts have I've had so far? And I said about, I've finished about half my rookie drafts. I think it's about 14 or so. 14 drafts, right? You know, you know mixture of first-round picks. I have one Kenneth Walker or Kenneth Walker on one of my teams. You know, and I was in the same situation. I was I have a bunch of receivers on this team. I'm looking pretty good. Um, you know, I have a few more picks coming up. You know, I have Swift and Javante and, you know, uh, I have A.J. Brown and, and Moore, Elijah Moore, Bateman, and I took Garrett Wilson, uh, the, you know, a couple picks before that, you know. And um, I actually ended up t- taking Kenneth Walker, right? Um, Who'd you take I, him over? I took him over uh, Burks. Yep. Um, so Wilson and Drake were gone. So it was yep. Burks, Olave, and then the rest of them, right? It so was the 1.04? 104, yeah. Yeah. So it was... It wasn't that hard of a decision. I mean, I guess it was just because him and Burks, Walker or Burks. Yeah. And, um, it's still a hard choice, right? And I, and I, I kind of regret it because I, I wanted Burks too. Yeah. I lucked out because I got Burks on some other teams. So, you know, I definitely got my, my, my piece of Burks. Um, I, I think, but yeah, I think, hey, Walker, I think, Walker was hard though. Walker was a hard pick. I think that's a, that's an interesting, uh, you know, bit of information for the people because if you look at our rankings, we both have Kenneth Walker behind Burks, London, Wilson, and Hall, right? I have him at five. You have him at six. You actually have him a little bit behind Olave, too. Totally fine. Okay, great. So whatever. So we have him at five, six. He's fifth in our our our, our consensus rankings, yet you drafted him ahead of Burks in this situation because, because you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there, you don't just sit on your rankings and go, yep, next guy, click. Otherwise, that's kind of boring. You do have to you know, think game theory, what's the best pick in this spot? You know, what does this league value? What, what does my team sort of go with? You know, especially if you have three guys in the same tier or four guys, whatever, however many people, you know, you may want to mix that up if you're in a couple different leagues. And so of course, if you're only in one, you got to really, you know, bite down hard and figure out what you want to do. But yeah, I thought that's pretty cool. Yeah. And and another good uh, point I want to bring up, right. Is 
I was looking at what other picks I had in this draft, right? Because, you know, our style is, you know, loading up the Iron Bank, doesn't matter what class. So, you know, going in, I had, right, f- uh, what, three, three first, um, you know, four seconds or whatnot, you know, some thirds, right? So I was looking at the board and I was like, well, you know, I have 109, I have like 203. You're getting you know, wide I receivers. Yeah, I have like 201, 202, 203. And then I have a bunch of thirds, right? And thirds is where you can get the running backs. Yep. Um, and I was like, well, you know, I still like Kenneth Walker. I like, I see Sky Moore there. You know, I could shoot for David Moore in the second. So I walked away with Kenneth Walker, Sky Moore, David Bell, Rashad White, you know, Keontae Ingram, and then, you know, Garrett Wilson up top. So, you know, I, I was playing the board and I was like, yeah. well, you know, what's the difference between a Sky Moore and, you know, Olave? You know, like, right. I don't know. You know, it's like you know, both really good. I feel like Sky Moore is, you know, growing on, he's growing on me. And I think a lot of it's because of you just kind of looking at what you've been doing. And boy, I'm so sorry if he busts out now, boy, oh boy. No, 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 it's, <laughs> no, it's cause it's, I'm like, ah, like, you know what it is? I'm realizing my, in the past, I was like, I'm so, I'm so fixated on, you know, my guys that I kind of get tunnel vision at times, especially in rookie season. And then I look back and I'm like, shit, like how come I didn't have, you know, more Justin Jefferson? I had a little bit, but how come I didn't have more? Right. right. And that was like a big miss for me. Like, you know, I didn't I didn't like him as much as I should have. Right. And it was just not maybe like looking at other people who, you know, I think you were pretty high on him. And I was like, you know, just kind of looking back, like I should diversify and um, walking away from this draft season with, you know, 20 plus teams and having no Kenneth Walker. <laughs> that'd be pretty much a disservice, you know? So, yes. Yeah. So that's kind of yeah. what it is. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I, you know, I think so. If we're going down the down the 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 board, you know, it's Brees Hall one, and I would say, you know, for me, if you really, really are a true rebuild and you just want to take a wide receiver and you take like London or whatever, I guess I'm okay with that over Brees Hall. I don't think it's like I don't think it's catastrophic. I don't think it's ridiculous. It's not the dumbest move ever. I don't think any of those things. I just have Brees Hall at the 1.01 and am comfortable taking him there. I do have a 101. I don't have very many 101s this year, but I, I do have one where I drafted it in the startup. And, you know, I feel locked in on Brees Hall. I mean, I, you know, I took it in the startup as a as a Brees Hall pick. You know, I didn't pick the 101. I In my head, I was drafting Brees Hall. So, um, yeah. yeah, it feels locked in. And then I have the Garrett Wilson, London Burks uh, as another tier. And I think you have a Lave in there, which I think I'm fine with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Yeah. I split that, that tier, uh, with, with Kenneth Walker. And then I have Olave with the sky Moore, Jamison Williams tier, but I think either, either spot for any of these guys is kind of good enough. I mean, I think in some ways we probably view the Garrett Wilson, London Burks, Olave, sky Moore, Jamison Williams, probably that as a tier, uh, right. Yeah, no, and I, I'm with you, right? I mean, even looking at it, it's like the Ken, Kenneth Walker, I feel like, is that line, and maybe Olave is behind that line, right? So, like, Olave, Sky Moore, Jamison Williams, that is really kind of that grouping. Yeah. Right, so you have, it's like, Brees Hall, Wilson, London, and Burks, right, in any kind of order, right, whatever your whatever your day is f- feeling like. Probably put Ken Walker at five, then you put the next three receivers, and then and then I'm guessing we're looking at Pickett right there, right? It's like... yeah. Naturals, and it's almost like you take Pickett at eight. Uh, it's like I like Jamison Williams, and I, you know, I know you wanted to talk about him, and maybe this is the perfect time to talk about him. Is 
does he belong with Olave and Sky more? I mean, because of his upside, or is he is he kind of carrying some like too much risk where you know you kind of need to take a quarterback at some point? Yeah. Well, look, I do want to talk about Jamison Williams because I see a little bit of Henry Ruggs there. You know, a little bit. Um, you know, not he's not purely Henry Ruggs. Let's clear that up right now. Um, you know, I had Henry Ruggs clearly outside of my first round. I was basically undra- it was not I was not drafting him. But now I look at these these wide receivers and I know a lot of, you know, uh dynasty experts, rankers, uh, you know, etc., player evaluators have Jamison Williams, you know, in the top 3 or 4 wide receivers or or, or higher. You know, and I I hear that. I don't actually have a problem with that. You know, I I listen to it and I think, okay, that's fine, I, I guess. And then they'll often say that Jamison Williams is now killing Amon Ra St. Brown because Amon Ra St. Brown is dead because of Swift, because of Hawkinson, because of Chark, and because of Jamison Williams. He's dead. You know, I hear that a lot. Well, isn't Jamison Williams hurt by Amon Ra, Chark, mm-hmm. Hawkinson, and Swift? Or no, 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 no. That's fine. He's fine. So I don't know. Like, why does it kill Amon Ra but not hurt Jamison in any way? Like, I, I can't really reconcile that. If you're telling me that Jamison is going to receive like 120 targets and Amon Ra is going to see 60, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't see that. Like, Amon Ra is going to see more targets than Jamison Williams. That's what I think. Even, even if Jamison Williams was fully healthy, full offseason, full training camp, let's just say perfect, right? Perfect rookie like year. Right, plays every game and you know, you know, fully recovered. Amon Ra St. Brown's gonna still see more targets. Like Jamison yeah. Williams, yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of comparisons and similarities to Henry Ruggs. I mean, school and speed and right, something like that, elite upside. But Jamison Williams is a different player. I mean, you know, if you look at his um, you know, his route running and yards, you know, reception perception, um, you know, he's successful against man and zone coverage, right? And even press. Like he 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 actually is a good route runner, and he, he yes. could actually play the position uh, with some finesse, uh, which, you know, I would argue that Ruggs, you know, lacked, right? Um, yes. That's kind of what separates them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, situation, I mean, you know, I think all things considered, it just makes me too con- too worried that, you know, investing too much in a player like Williams, where he's going to need quality, deep targets to hit, hit that 1,500 you know, yeah. receiving yard upside, you know, I mean, yeah. that's, that's, those are bombs. Like that's not, he's not putting up 1500 yards in the pros with dinking dunks from Jared Goff, you know? Um, right. He's not Nuke Hawkins. I mean, yeah. Like, what yeah. The fuck? Nuke Hopkins. I said Hawkins. Like that just came out of my mouth. Uh, <laughs> that's crazy. He's not DeAndre Hopkins, right? I mean, he's not going to play that way. He's going to play, you know, I, and that's the thing. I don't know exactly how, good he is and then however good he is I don't know how good a quarterback will be that throws the ball to him anytime in the future I just don't know I'm not saying there won't be a quarterback but it probably ain't Jared Goff and if it ain't Jared Goff then who is it uh you know so and and I think all those weapons the Hawkinson Swift Chark Amon Ra hurt Jamison as much as all those weapons hurt Amon Ra I, I I freely admit that Amon Ra takes a step down in my rankings but for that same reason, I think Jamison is a little bit of a uh, of a scary proposition. He does have elite skill. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, when a guy is forced to transfer and he's able to transfer to Alabama and then put up that season, 
he's obviously good. You know what I mean? There's there's no question. So uh, he got huge draft capital. Uh, he's going to a team that I, I happen to really like now. Um, I love this Detroit team, by the way. It's just so much fun. I'm it's, cheering for them all year. They're my a, NFC team, man. I love this team. They don't have a quarterback, though, man. It's like I they know. have like they have all the fun weapons, all the toys, right? I mean, at every fun. position they got they got toys, but oh man, like. Well, I don't think they're going to be good. Like, I'll, who knows? Like, maybe, maybe golf's enough just to like. That's just, what I'm saying. You know, spread the ball around, and everyone just gets enough and can do some stuff with it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's just they got. They're, they're all going to have to just be, you know, playmakers. You know, it's gonna it's gonna really lean on on the on the skill players. Yeah, I feel really good about what we where we were. You know, whether it was me and Michael P. Duncan, me and you uh, doing our 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 mock draft, me and Blake right before the draft. I feel like we were really getting the people, you know, we've been fading Isaiah Spiller this whole time. We've been pumping up Rashad White. I thought we we were pumping up Sky Moore. Um, I think we kind of nailed everything for the most part. Um, so I feel really good about what we did pre-draft. I think if you were drafting pre-draft, aside from Malik Willis maybe, which, you know, I think I even said you got to be careful with the quarterbacks pre-draft too, but, you know, what are you going to do? Um, aside from that, which by the way, you know, the whole Malik Willis thing was like, you know, and we're talking about the quarterbacks where to take Kenny Pickett. Look, I, I just say, take Kenny Pickett wherever the fuck you want. I mean, these quarterbacks, it's like, we've been wrong about the quarterbacks, you know, whether it was Daniel Jones, you know, he was just kind of mediocre. He's still been in the league now three years, Josh Allen, we were wrong. Uh, you know, Baker Mayfield, we were wrong. We all thought he was good. You know, like whoever it was just, we're wrong all the time about these quarterbacks. Herbert, we missed, you know, Tua was tank for Tua. That was wrong. Everything's wrong. So, you know, Mac Jones was the most successful rookie season. Wrong. You know, so we, in general, I'm not talking about we at the Undrop. I'm talking about just the marketplace is always wrong with these quarterbacks. So just take Kenny Pickett whenever the fuck you feel like it because whether we're right or wrong about him or whether he's ever good or not is very tough to, to, to figure out. So, you know, you just want to be able to take some stabs at quarterbacks. By the way, that's how I've been kind of handling this class. I finally got a a, a a quarterback in one of my rookie leagues, a rookie drafts, which was Matt Corral at pick like twenty two. Felt really good about that. Um, nice. How are you handling the quarterbacks in this in these drafts that you're doing, assuming they're super flex? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. Take Kenny Pickett where, wherever you want. Um, I, I mean, I mean, I would say if you want to take him. Don't take them in like the top five, right? Just try to trade back then and, and then take them. But take them wherever you want. I mean, there's no one, don't feel ashamed if you took them at 105 or 106 because you need quarterbacks and everyone's being stingy in your league because that happens. Um, but the other quarterbacks, uh, you know, Ritter and Willis, I like them in the mid second, right? It's kind of one of those right after David Bell and, and Damian Pierce, kind of that range. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, Boy, fine taking any of those quarterbacks. Um, I mean, I feel like Ritter's going to be a career backup. I mean, I liked him pre-draft, but then he just kept falling. Yep. Malik Willis, I, I thought he had a bunch of upside, but he kept falling. So it's it's one of those things. Just why not, right? I mean, I, I've been I've been adding Malik Willis. I have you know on two teams. I have Ritter on two teams, and it's like two five, two six, two nine, right? Two nine was great. Um, I actually got. Desmond Ritter at 302. Like I traded up. I was like, he was like falling. I was like, I need a quarterback. I have Mariota. <laughs> Dude, trading up, you know. Um, so grabbing him there. Uh in Corral. Um, yeah. If you get him in the end of the second round, why not? I mean, it's 
it's either what McBride, Algier, Spiller, Corral, Shakir. <laughs> like, right. You, you know, like I man, get a quarterback. You know, Carolina obviously doesn't like Darnold. I mean, Corral's gonna get some games. Yeah, I have. Um, shot. I, I'm with you. I have um, uh, the quarterbacks at like. 16, 17, 18 in, in mm-hmm. my rankings. I think that's about right. Like, you know, they're right ahead of Trey McBride, Jalen Tolbert for me. And it's like, all right, well, if you really like McBride or it's a tight end premium, obviously you're moving him up. So, I mean, they're somewhere in there. They're behind, you know, the Damian Pierce, uh, you know, spot for me. So I think, yeah, it's right in that, right in that window there, right when you're starting to get in the mid late second round, just start, feel free to take your shots on these quarterbacks because a lot of the players that you're going to draft behind them are, you know, are, are dice rolls anyway, you know, whether it's, you know, the, the, the kid from San Francisco, Tyrion Davis price or Algier or Keontae Ingram or Isaiah Spiller, you know, all those guys are going to be, you know, presumably backups to start. And then so aren't the quarterbacks. So what the fuck difference does it make? You know what I mean? It's like, um, you're not, you're not missing out on a sure bet starter. Now, the one name that I'm probably too low on, and I'm going to have you move me, move him up right now. I'm going to have you, I'm going to have you, you are going to have me move him up. (laughs) I'm going to have you have me move him up. I'm going to have you have me move him up. Holy fuck. Michael P. Duncan, help a brother out. <laughs> He's going to leave that in just to fuck with me. No. You're going to have me move him up, and that's David Bell because, uh, you know, you have him way, way ahead for me. So let's talk about David Bell. David Bell lands in Cleveland. Um, his workout metrics were terrible. Uh, I don't want to double count it because the draft capital is tied to his workout metrics. So – you know, he's still drafted in the third round late, but he goes to a good spot in Cleveland where there's some opportunity there. It's, you know, it's obviously Amari Cooper is the one and then who knows, right? You know, you've got Anthony Schwartz, the, the lid lifter, uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, who everybody likes, but nobody's sure if he's any good. And David Bell could be playing in two wide receiver sets in year one. So I probably am too low. What are your thoughts about David Bell? considering the fact that he's probably only a little faster than me. Honestly, does it really matter if you're fast? Uh, possibly, right? I, I yeah, think, a little I think bit, it, not really. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it does, right? But if you can play the position, if you can play football, um, right, I, I don't think it really matters that much. Uh, and so, that's, so you already said it. The draft capital basically equalizes or already counts out against the combine, right? So... Third round, late, eh, not great, but it's not it's not terrible, right? So we, we put that aside, okay? It's right, he's a kind of so so. Then you look at, you know, his size. Pretty good size, right? He has that good size that we're looking for. Um, and then you look at the age, twenty one, underclassman, right? So we're let's just kinda of go through your anatomy. Breakout age, broke out at eighteen. Um, you know, dominator, thirty five thirty five percent uh percent dominator rating. Um, as a freshman, right? You, 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 in your anatomy, you look at yes, two things, or when it comes to the you know yardage, you know what do they do early on in their collegiate career, the freshman yep. and sophomore years, right? As a freshman, already putting up a thousand. Yep. Um, his career best was twelve hundred. As a freshman, put up seven touchdowns. 
eight touchdowns as a sophomore, which was which was his college best. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. So I mean, just go, just going through your anatomy. I mean, early you know, declare. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, early declare. You know, yards per team pass attempt didn't hit the two point five threshold, but two point four, two point three nine. I mean, mm, you know, like right, right there. And we, I think last time I was on, we talked about this, right? The anatomy thresholds isn't supposed to be a black and white line. It's like, oh, you missed a cut. You're you know, out. Point, point one, you're out. So it's <laughs> right. like, it's just, you know, it's, it's a marker. So it's like, okay, so far he's checking off pretty much all the boxes. Um, right now we're like, and then we can go into some, you know, kind of extra credits. Uh, market share numbers, not the best, but, you know, I mean, touchdown wise, I mean, he's putting up over 50% of the team's touchdowns. That says a lot in terms of high value. Uh, you know, high quality targets, especially in the red, red zone, right? You know, and as we've seen, right, he's putting up seven touchdowns as a freshman, eight touchdowns as a, as a sophomore. Um, and then you go into the, um, you know, the workout metrics, like we talked about, it kind of negates. So, okay, let's say he had a spectacular combine or a decent, just say they had a good combine, a good, yeah, right, a good combine. He'd be a first round rookie pick, right? Yeah. Well, he'd he'd have been a second round real life pick and then would have been in with the Christian Watson area for sure. Yep. Yep. Right. I mean, I I would take it if he had a good combine, I would be taking him over Dotson Watson. Yeah, me too. Right. I mean, no question. I mean, I would argue now, I mean, given his production profile with decent workout metrics, He's kind of in that Jamison Williams Sky Moore conversation, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, you if could he moved argue well that, and got yeah mid second right. so round he, cap. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so so maybe he's a maybe he's a mid first, right? If he had that for uh you know good draft capital, right? So he'd be a mid first. He does not, right? Yeah. So we ding him. We ding him, right? We ding him. We yeah. ding him a full. We ding him a full round. Yep. Where does that put him? Huh? Right now, two right in there, two point five ish range. Yeah. Um. Right. I mean. Because I like him and I want to, and, and like looking at landing spots, are like, okay, so, you know, all things considered, we just went through all that. Let's look at a landing spot. And I don't like landing spot too much, but we look at it, right? We make, you know, for sub- subjectivity and for some confirmation bias, we look at landing spot. Right. He's with Cleveland. You mentioned Amari Cooper. I mean, right. We know Amari Cooper isn't really what he used to be. And, you know, even at that, it's not consistent. And um, they play different positions, right? Like, yeah, in other yeah. words, there are different wide receiver positions. Yep. You yeah, know? but but yeah. Other than that, though, I mean, who's who's he really fighting for? You know, opportunity and targets. Um, and then you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson, but let's just assume that Deshaun Watson actually plays football again. David Bell, rookie contract, four years, maybe three years with Deshaun Watson. I mean, <laughs> dude, there's a good yeah. chance that he can make up that one round drop right just playing with deshaun watson um you so. talked me into it you, you know whose profile <laughs> you know whose profile he looks a lot like who's jarvis landry <clears throat> Ooh, that's interesting yeah that's i mean really he looks a lot like jarvis landry. jarvis landry ran a four six had no burst um you know awful workout uh metrics and uh mm-hmm. you know roughly six foot 200 i mean you know uh, he was a late second round pick, whatever, but very, very similar across the board. Uh, breakout age, similar, both at 19 years old. And he's going to the spot where Jarvis Landry is vacating, and uh, but with a quarterback upgrade. So maybe he's the possession receiver slot guy, big slot for Cleveland. And if that's the case, if you have like DPJ on the outside, Amari on the outside, and 
David Bell sort of, you know, 50, 60% uh, snap share and just getting a lot of uh, good looks in the slot uh, in year one, you could do a lot worse than that in the second round. So I think you're right on the money. I moved him up. Uh, so congratulations, I mean, Chuck. Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just a couple of last parting shots. Player profiler, who's his comparable? David Bell's comparable. Anquan Bolden, right? Like you just said it, possession receiver. Uh, and then, you know, thinking about, you know, who's really the great, the best possession receiver right now uh, in the league, probably Cooper Cup. Um, yeah. I mean, other than, you know, the agility score, they have identical combine numbers. Yeah. You know? I mean, identical, right? So you put David Bell, you know, in that kind of big slot type role, possession receiver, um, you know, get those good matchups, right? He doesn't have to rely on the speed to, to kind of get the separation, um, man, right. <laughs> so I think, I think, I think he's worth a shot there, right. Yeah. You're looking at, you know, in that range, it's, um, it's worth a shot, man. Like, and you're looking at what Damian Pierce, maybe James Cook, Rashad White, who, who we love, right. And maybe you already have a ton of Rashad White, um, mix it up, man. Grab David Bell. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I think I'm, I've got them right behind the quarterbacks, but here it is. It's right in that ballpark, right around those quarterbacks. And you know, the guy that we have him very close to, I have him now just behind and you have him just ahead of my bay. Jalen Tolbert, I uh, really like Jalen Tolbert, got his third round cap uh, coming out of South Alabama. So anybody getting day one or day two draft capital out of South Alabama means they're probably pretty good. Um, you know, what are your thoughts about Jalen Tolbert? I I have been grabbing Jalen Tolbert in almost every single draft I've done thus far. Yeah, I, I like Tolbert too. I, I do. I think he's sneaky, sneaky value. Um, you know, I think he's a solid second round um, rookie pick. Yes. Um, you know, you know, you know, after the quarterbacks. Yeah, you kind of you kind of get into that like Mechie Pierce Tolbert range, right? And it's, um, I mean, I, I could see the argument to put him ahead of both Mechie and Pierce. Um, yeah, just just given like you know where he's at, and like you said, uh, playing South Alabama and 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 getting picked up in day two, that's that's quite of a feat. Um, I, I highlighted him in um, you know my under the radar series just because I thought he was an interesting kind of you know person that wasn't getting that much hype. So it was it was cool to see him get that you know day two capital. Um, yeah, and another guy that like just impresses like when you look at you know his success against man and zone. I mean, he's clearing like seventy, you know, at least seventy percent success rate, uh, no matter what type of coverage, right? And he excels against a zone. Um, so like, that kind of already spells out like maybe where he's going to be playing, right? Like right. he's he dominates against zone coverage. So um, you know, it kind of tells you the type of role that um, they're probably looking at it, you know, in, in Dallas. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's going to be playing with, you know, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and, you know, Michael Gallup likely out early. And then it's like James Washington and, you know, not much else. So I think he's got a, 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 a you know, a path to get on the field and play meaningful snaps early on in a very high-powered offense with a good quarterback and opposite good receivers, you know, i.e., Gallup and Lamb. I, I just think there's a spot for him there. You know, Dalton Schultz at tight end. I mean, they kind of have everything wrapped up except for like sort of the WR3 on that team. And uh, if he can lock that up, and especially early on, because, you know, even if he's playing in three wide receiver sets, and then by the time Gallup comes back, they play Washington off the field, not Tolbert, that's very possible. So it's very possible he just sort of has a, 
a full season of sort of WR three on that team, which can be very valuable. Yeah. 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 I can see you're not as excited about Jalen Tolbert as me. <laughs> no, I, can see I am, that. man. I am. No, I am. I, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, am, yeah. man. Yeah, whatever. No, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you do you, good. Jax, man. Hey, you do you, bro. I, no, like I said, I like Tolbert. No, you she's know, hot. I, 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 no, she's hot, man. You're I, doing good. It's a good. No, <laughs> you should I, you marry know, but, her. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, but like, let's you know, let's look on the other side. Um, you know, older prospect. You know, coming in at 23. Uh, you know, didn't really produce at a, at, a, at an early age. Oh, here we um, go. Even, even at South Alabama, right? So I'm gonna use I'm I'm using your anatomy right against you. Yeah, I know. Um, he doesn't fit. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't fit. He does. But 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 you know what? But we well we can twist it, right? We can twist it to make it fit, right? Uh, we're looking at draft capital and his, you know young break. He still kind of broke out at 20, even though he wasn't yeah. putting up those numbers. It was like kind of weird, right? Like. <clears throat> Um, well, and, and for him, he was up. he was an older prospect too, you yeah. know. So I mean, yeah. he's he's 23 now. There, there's some there's some negativity. I just think you know he's one of those guys too. And 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 I've done this a, a few times before where I fall in love with the film a bit. Um, you know that can be a problem, especially when they're at South Alabama. Of course, he looks good. You know, he's playing against a bunch of guys who are going to be, you know, uh, accountants and shit. You know, working on fucking mechanics and whatnot. You know, I mean, he's just playing against guys that aren't going to be, uh, you know, in the NFL. So I get it. Level of comp was not there, but you know, there's a, there's a small school guy. I mean, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, like you mentioned Cooper cup or Adam Thielen or whatever, some, you know, guys come through with that type of profile and, and smash in round three. So he did get that, uh, day two cap, which I think is a big difference for him. Like, you know, a guy like uh, Gabriel Davis, I know I always turn to Gabriel Davis, but in Amon Ross St. Brown, both those guys got, you know, round four, but they they hit everything on the anatomy series, right? So those mm-hmm. were the guys. I look for guys outside of day two that are like hit everything, but like the NFL missed them. That's what I feel Gabriel Davis and Amon Ra were. Uh, Jalen Tolbert's one of those guys where it's like, if he goes in day three, it's like, yeah, he sucks. What do you want me to do about it? I, you know, he, but when the NFL says, no, no, this guy's good. It's like, yeah, I think he might be good. You know, I think he's a, he's a diamond in the rough. It's possible. I mean, the NFL makes a lot of mistakes and so it, he could be another one of them, but you know, I really liked him before the draft and then the Cowboys and the NFL also liked him. So that, that was enough for me to get a little excited for him. I like him right after Christian Watson in my, t- in my wide receiver rankings, I am a little bit I, – I, man, I'm not going to get Christian Watson where I have him ranked because I have him behind Rashad White, James Cook, Damian Pierce, Jahan Dotson. I have met a uh, player 15. He's never going to be there. Uh, you know, he, he, never, never, never. So right now, the way I have him ranked is a full fade, and I, I, I don't know if I'm going to regret that. Uh, what do you think? You think I'm going to regret fading Christian Watson? I don't, I don't think so, man. You know, like – I I I hesitantly drafted him, uh, maybe like one team, maybe two. You know, I I really didn't want to. It was like a one twelve. I was like, uh, do I take Rashad White at twelve, or do I take Christian Watson? I have so much Rashad White, um, and I started getting <laughs> flashbacks of Keyshawn Vaughn. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, you know, and so I, I don't think you're gonna regret it, man. His his floor is like. MVS or lower, you know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and there's a no. really good chance of that. Uh, I was actually talking to DJack about Watson. He was trying to hype me up. And I was saying, I mean, how many receivers have we seen with Rodgers that were like his new pet project or his new, you know, favorite, right? 
Kumaro or, you know, Geronimo Allison or whoever. I, you know, I was going kind of going through the laundry list of yeah. these randoms, right? Economy, St. Brown, yeah. and MVS, and like, we've seen it, right? We've seen all these guys and yeah, maybe, right? Christian Watson got the draft capital and he's super athletic and, you know, maybe he just, Aaron Rodgers just dimes it to him and just falls into his hands and it's so easy for him to catch it. Yeah, maybe we miss out and maybe he's like, Explosive, but uh, I don't think you'll regret it too much. You, you'll probably be sad on a few weeks, right? Best ball, <laughs> right. right? Like a yeah. best ball play. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you're gonna regret it. Like career wise, you can look back three years from now. Oh, I should have taken him. Like, yeah, look, I'm kind of looking at your rankings. Yeah, I'm kind of fine with the fade, and I think the player that you and I are both taking ahead of him is someone that I think the I think it's I think he's gonna fall in a number of drafts into that early second is George Pickens. But George Pickens, you know, especially if you were to be able to remove his injury and just sort of, you know, simulate his career without the injury a few times, he's a box stuffing anatomy guy right from the beginning. Cause he was dominant early on as a freshman, you know, He's he's the weirdo watching the draft. You see that uh, clip of him watching the draft. I love everything about this Pickens. <laughs> he's either crazy, fucked up, or crazy awesome. Yeah, no, I love Pickens, man. Like he's that sneaky value. Um, ends up in a great spot too. Um, very, you know, very productive uh, aside from the injury, of course. Um, and he's just a dog, man. I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> no pun intended. He's just yeah, he's a dog and. Yeah, it's just I'm excited to see him paired up with like Deontay, right? Like just how they're gonna operate together. Um, but you know, because Djack was telling me that oh, you know, they're different players and it'd be interesting because he's a big Steelers fan. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see how how they play together because I think Pickens is gonna be you know, real exciting to watch. Um, yeah, yeah, and he's gonna be real productive. I mean, the starter, problem, instant the, starter. Yeah, instant starter. I think right. It's like Claypool, DJ, and and Pickens. Problem is, is that I think he's certainly the the third target there, and he's going to play outside. He's going to be a great run blocker. He's going to be in, but I just don't think his target share will be very high. And I don't think um, whether it's Pickett or Trubisky, I don't think either one of them will definitely will have the tools to hit him on the outside. Yeah, I I, I feel like. Claypool may be more effective anything, right? I mean, maybe yeah. I don't know. I I I think Pickens Pickens game is a little bit more refined and all round yeah. versus like Claypool. So I don't know. I, I think Pickens will emerge as this, as a second option, maybe like mid season. I mean, I would yeah, maybe year would two. Yeah, year two. I, that's what I would hope. Um, and Pickens yeah. probably needs needs that, right? Yeah, you're right. He probably needs a little bit more time, given that he missed so much time in college, right? Injuries. Yeah, trying to pick up the the pro game. Yeah, and I, th- I just think he's also, like, very unlikely to play in the slot. Like, yeah. almost zero. Like, he's yeah, just going to be outside, you know? Yeah. I feel like they're going to just play Deontay in the slot. <laughs> or Claypool. Claypool played a, a fair yeah, percentage yeah. in the slot, actually. That's and, true. like, you know, you move uh, DJ around a bit. I think he can play sort of anywhere, and Claypool will play outside, inside, you know, sort of pseudo tight end and slot. And so, yeah, if they get creative over there, the, the problem is, is Pickens is not necessarily a chess piece. He's sort of just, yeah. you know, you just, you just put him where you put him and that's that like, and, and I'm not so sure that's great, but I really like the talent. I think eventually, you know, it'll, it'll shine through for him, but I'm just not, I'm not confident in year one necessarily, um, which, you know, I mean, is 
somewhat what we draft in Dynasty because you can always flip a player. But, you know, I just think I like George Pickens long term more than, you know, Christian Watson for sure. The other guy that's right there that we both have back to back now is Jahan Dotson. Uh, should we consider taking Jahan Dotson over George Pickens? Because this is a big, a big decision people are going to have late in that first round, right at the one-two turn, is what the hell am I doing here? I'm at the one-two turn, uh, you know, and I've got like Dotson, Pickens, Watson, Rashad White, James Cook, all these guys staring me down. What the hell do I do? Yeah, <laughs> it's the... It's weird. It's like the production versus the draft capital. It's like, yeah. you know, like John Dawson got the first round draft capital. Everyone's like, what the hell is going on? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can't convince myself, you know, just looking at the numbers for Dotson. I mean, the only thing that really makes me compelled is like the first round draft capital. Yeah, he was yeah. productive. Um He's just a bit smaller too, and it took him a while to get productive, right? He's like a senior. I think it took him like to a senior year to really explode. Yeah, which makes me nervous. Um, yep. And I know the NFL doesn't care about that stuff, right? They they almost no. like those seniors that blow up, right? So, um, for but, me, I'm but just history like, history yeah. does not like those players, though. History exactly, hates those yeah. players. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like trusting the pro. It's like it's yeah. like trusting our process versus yes. like the NFL's process. Yes, right. So we're almost like betting on okay. You know, Pickens, process-wise, look really good. You know, obviously there's like you know the injury concerns and like you know looking at all that, and then you look at someone like Dotson. It's like production came late, but he's getting like this more love from the NFL. You know, kind of balancing. And then you know, for me, and I think what we're doing is we're betting on our process. That's why we take Pickens over Dotson, um, right? But I think if you had a chance, you would probably also take Dotson right right after, right? I Dotson. would. I, here's the thing with Dotson is like, you know, he he was a, a little bit bigger than I thought he was going to be, and he got better draft capital than I thought he would. He was faster than I thought he'd be. Like, he was a little bit better in a lot of ways. And if you look at his, his profile, it's a little bit better than the ones who have flamed out miserably. Like, he did have almost 500 yards uh, in 2020, or excuse me, 2019 as a, as a, as a sophomore. So it wasn't like he did nothing. Um, you know, so he, yeah, it's really close, you know, it's really close. So I, I just look at him and, and think, okay, yeah, it was a junior senior breakout, not a senior season breakout, you know, so it's not awful. And so with the first round draft capital and, you know, the film is very good on him on the outside. He reminds me a little bit of Jalen Rager, though, not not as a player specifically, but just in that sort of like maybe got a little overdrafted, maybe was a little overhyped, maybe was, you know, a little undersized, you know, right? And all of a sudden you yeah. start going, oh, yeah, remember when we thought Jahan Dotson was good? It's it, it's just yeah. one of those things. I'm just maybe he's a OK NFL player, just not elite. We're going to find out. I mean, but he's he's right there on the cusp. I think I'll pass on him for the most part. You know, I haven't been there yet, but if you were on the clock, you apparently have taken Rashad White over Jahan Dotson, or have you not? I have, I've had, yeah, and I and I've been I've been flamed on it a few times. Yeah, um, you know, people are like, oh, you, you know, even you know, retired, you know, bless his soul, Mike Lou, he came out of retirement and was like, y'all, y'all really gonna push Rashad White into the first round of Superflex drafts? And I was like, I did it, you know, I took him like yeah. 109. Um, you know, because I, you know, I, I like Rashad White. You know, other than him, him being old, like 
dude, he he fits the mold, right? And he 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 fits the process. He checks the boxes that we want to look at. So no doubt. So that's pretty interesting. You've taken Rashad White as high as one point oh nine. I've been wondering just how aggressive I should be with Rashad White, and I think you say it well. It's like, you know, if he hits, you're never going to be like it's Keyshawn Vaughn all over again. It's just like you say it, you know, because, you know, I have a couple of spots where I took Keyshawn Vaughn and it's like, uh, you know, what was it? Wasn't that the T Higgins draft or something like that? Or, yeah, or, yeah. Right. Something like that. I forget. <laughs> there was a few players. I look back. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? I could have, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what was I doing? I could have killed that draft. I had CD lamb and like whoever else, <laughs> yeah. you know? And then I was like, what did I do that for? So yeah, you wonder sometimes if you're overdrafting a, a borderline running back prospect in the first round, and it feels like you are sometimes, but at the same time, you could be getting, you know, uh, you know, a David Johnson or something. You know, what I mean, you could be getting yeah. this unbelievable sort of specimen. Yeah, you know, and you get him for like four years, right? And yeah, uh, he's gonna be he's gonna be in Tampa. Um, you know, we don't know what's gonna happen after this year, but still, like, you know, seems like it's gonna be a decent situation. Yeah, Fournette's a little older, could get hurt. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden there's not much there. So he he feels like the handcuff. I mean, it, it you know, we're never sure, but he feels like he could very well be the handcuff. And if he is, he could also be playing, you know, 30, 40% of the snaps. Uh yeah. big play player, you know, could score some touchdowns, could could increase his value very quickly. And then, like you say, could take over as early as next season. The problem is, you know, who's gonna be the quarterback? Uh, you know, I don't want to get started with my boy Tom Brady. I was oh, bailed out. You know how many teams I have Tom Brady on because he was just yeah. like everybody's punting him. And I'm like, dude, you know, I'll take him. And I took him again in another startup. I know you saw me yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if you want have any comments about that one, that startup. That's a fun that's a fun league, eh? Yeah, that's a fun one. Yeah. Campus Canton League, you know, my first of the kind. Me too. Um yeah, and you know, I, I, I kind of stayed out of the college side. Um, Me too. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, you know, because, like, you know, for us, like, I think we want to learn more about it and just kind of see without being all invested and having to deal with, like, yes. thousand more thousand more players and prospects to even, like, think about right now. It's like, dude, like, our lives are already crazy enough. Yes, sir. Um, but just another challenge to kind of see what, like, you know, I think for us, too, we're we're so built off of, like, rookie picks as our fuel, right? Our, it's like nitrous, right? It's our, yeah. it's our supercharged. You know, it's our extra jet fuel yes. to like supercharge our teams and gives us a super advantage, I think, over a lot of other dynasty players. I mean, yes. of course, there's a lot of sharp ones. Um, yes. Oh, this is so good. I love this. this Keep is, going. This is how we maximize our game theory. And when we go look at like a Devi or Camp, Campus Canton League, especially, those picks aren't worth anything. So now we're, we're being challenged, right? Even like, you know, how are you moving back in the startup draft? And I'm like, starting like, I'm starting to move up. You know, I'm like, man, like, you know, who knows what the damn pipeline looks like right now? It's like, let me just start. I have no clue. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw your team, like your your team is nails. And you're like, dude, you guys are fading the running backs. I'm going to push it hard. I'm going to go. And I could see you're, win- you're going to win now. Yes. Uh, Mahomes and Brady. And you're like, I want to win year one. Who knows what the pipeline looks like? But at least I, I got no clue. The, right. the, the championship under my belt. And then go from there. Right. Because this is yes. how I've been. It's once I win in the league. I want to like mix it up. I want to challenge myself. It's like, I mean, let me like, unless it's like young and so strong, I'll just keep writing it. But if it's like, eh, it's getting a little older, you know, and I'm getting kind of bored, I'll just start mixing it up, you know, like, Hey, let's move this guy, move this piece. Um, so yeah, I think it's a fun challenge. You're a hundred percent right. That was my strategy with this team was 
I don't control the rookie picks and the rookie sort of thing. So that's just going to be sort of fed to me in a way that I don't really have control over. And I know that I can trade my players for picks and all that. I I get all that and I can trade my players for, um, you know, uh, college players. I, I get all that. But it's not quite the same. I, one thing that I love that you just said, so I, I went win now and I said, fuck it, let's just go. And, you know, I've got Christian McCaffrey, Javante. It's a pretty good team, as you point out. By the way, I did take a chance on Claypool there late. I thought that was, he was criminally undervalued in that league. So I uh, felt good about Chase Claypool way, way late. Um, so you were talking how we create our edge. And I think it, it just made me think like the people should hear that. I think, you know, one thing that, it, it, anybody listening who's played in the league with chalk knows he's an outstanding dynasty player. And I think he just whispered his secret without meaning to give away any secrets, but the idea that he just sort of gathers, he's a vacuum for rookie picks. He just absorbs them in every thing that he does everywhere. He is, he's just taking on rookie picks whether they're seconds or thirds. And then, of course, he's trying to get those elusive first-round picks. But he's just every and, – and you know what we found was Spider-Man meme. He and I were the same in that way. We're just constantly taking in rookie picks so that when the rookie draft comes, we're either adding a lot of players, which we normally do, actually. We do take a lot of picks, especially in these deeper leagues. You know, sometimes in shallower leagues, you have to be a little bit more careful because you'll take all these picks and then you have to cut them. So you got to you gotta watch your roster sometimes. It's not always the best advice, but when you're playing in the deeper leagues, the more picks you have, the more control you have. You know, I people will overpay. I'll, I'll sell. I, I mentioned this the other day, uh, Chalk, and you can speak to both what I just said and this strategy, which is when I'm in the third round and someone is super geeked on a player, I'll often just, you know, let them trade with me to get that player. I'll give them my third round pick and just take like any future second because I just increased my profit. And they're thinking, I like this guy better than the third anyway. He's falling. He's a second round prospect for me anyhow. So I'll just give up a second to take this pick and 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 boom, you just moved up. You could have been you could have moved up 15 or almost 20 picks, who knows, depending on where this third and where the second ends up. So what are your thoughts about that and what I mentioned about just absorbing rookie picks the whole time in order to make your team better? Yeah, absolutely, man. Like when people are saying this class sucks and it's terrible and I'll just give away my picks, I'll give you away my thirds and my my fours and my seconds. I don't care about them. All right, cool. Thanks. I'll take it. I'll take a third here. Or I'll take a pick swap there. Um, yeah, and I, you're absolutely right. When you are gathering all those picks regardless of what round you are creating liquidity first of all right and you know second and it's, it's it's flexibility and leverage um i just wrote about this in the in, on twitter the thread the other day it's you know walking into a draft you know it's 16 out of the 48 picks or 10 out of the 48 picks or whatever i i literally had 16 ish picks in several of my rookie drafts you know and more coming up um, you know, and, and walking into a draft, you have four or five first, a bunch of seconds, a bunch of thirds, you know, it allows you to move, move out, move into another year, right? So you can, you can move back into, you know, 2023, um, and it'll add more picks there. So you're just kind of snowballing the profits and, and yes. keeping that 
that window open. Um, man, I was just listening to like Sean Siegel and, and Ben Gretsch, and they're just talking about this too. Like the, literally the exact thing that you're talking about and that we've been talking about um, over the past even years is doing years, this, right? Just, yeah. just, just keep gathering what you can. Um, and what happens is you get to the point where you go into a draft and you're like, whoa, like, you know, I actually need a bunch of running backs and I have a bunch of second round picks. So you go in there and now you're drafting, you know, Rashad White and James Cook and, you know, grabbing Algier at the end of the round and, you know, Damian Pierce in the middle of the second. So then you walk out of the second round, you just added four running backs and then you go to the third round and you get Zamir White, Keontae Ingram and you know, a few more. And then now you walk out of a rookie draft with like five, six rookie running backs that probably costs you nothing really. I mean, if you right. really hash it out, like a move back here, you know, pick swap there and, you know, squeeze a little pick there and you got, you know, a Zemir White out of a, just squeezing someone for nothing. And then... Yeah, two years ago you did that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then who knows? Yeah. Like in the next year, Josh Jacobs is no longer on the team. And then... And I'm not saying I like Zemir White, but I'm just giving you an example then. Of course. You know, or Keontae Ingram. Like J- James Conner goes down and then next thing you know, Keontae Ingram is the starting running back for Kyler Murray offense. You got him at 303 because it was just a throw-in. Man, like that's how that's how you're winning, right? You're not winning because you just traded three first round picks for Justin Jefferson. Like right. you don't win that way. You you win because two of those first became, you know, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, basically. Yes, right. That's that's how you're winning. Absolutely, yes, exactly. Yeah. You want to you want to gain the picks, not give the picks in in these trades. You want to trade Justin Jefferson for three first rounders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's so true, man, and and it's true because like you'll just make these deals, and you know you'll be like, oh, someone wants to trade this for that or whatever they offer you, and and you say, let's say it's fair. You're like, sure, let's do something like this, and you're like, yeah, just let's do this, but you know, I'll give you my 22 fourth for your 23 third or whatever. And, and they're like, yeah, whatever the fuck, I don't give a shit, you know? And next thing you know, like you say, that becomes, you know, a, a player like that, that would have become, you know, Claypool or McLaurin or whatever, these third round picks that hit you, you don't know, you want two or three or four of them anyway. Cause you're, you know, like you say, you just said, I got all these guys. You're not thinking you came away with five running backs. You came away with five shots at a running back. That's what you came away with, right? You know, you're not like, look at, I'm loaded now. No, I'm just, I've got a lot of bullets in the gun, and one of them might hit the the target. Yeah, man. Every every rookie class is gonna have a couple of hits, man. You don't know what round. You don't know what pick. I mean, some some we do, right? It's gonna be like the obvious 101 or whatnot. But other other than that, every rookie draft you go through history, like you're gonna be like, what the hell? This guy went in this third round, right? Damn, you know, like you know what, like. You know, this guy went in this end of the second round, like as consensus. Like, what the hell? Like, how is that possible? That's right. You know, it, it happens every <laughs> single year. And yes. I don't know, man. I don't know who's going to hit. We have no idea. But, you know, you have 16 picks. Shoot, man. You know, there's 48. You have 33% chance of at least one of, the, you know, of something hitting. I mean, you have, you have a decent chance. You have a third of the board. Um, you can make something happen. Yeah, that's right. Be chalk. Don't be Dave Gettleman. In other words, trade <laughs> back, take more shots. You know, don't be, don't have hubris. Like I'm going to trade three of these, you know, picks to move up to take my guy. It's like probably not going to work. You know I mean? Maybe, I mean, there's, there's situations that moving up does, uh, does fit, you know, especially if you're, you know, moving into a, the back end of a tier, you know, like 
we all think that there's that you know tier that ends with like Sky Moore, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave. Sure, if you're trading a couple of seconds and moving up to those guys, yeah, fucking smart, dude. But um, you know, in, in general, you want to trade for more assets, not not fewer. You mentioned a guy that <clears throat> I know Blake. Blake is listening to this right now. I guarantee you. And uh, Keontae Ingram. Right now, I have Keontae Ingram uh, at like player twenty-one in this class, and he's consistently going at the at the end of the third round, sometimes into the fourth. On sleeper, he's he's uh, his ADP is in the back half of the third, which sometimes people are just taking him because they see his name or whatever. But his overall ADP industry wide and is like fifth round. And you said it. If James Conner goes down, and say that sentence again. If James Conner goes down, like, of course he's going to go down. He's He's been hurt every single year of his entire collegiate and NFL career except last year. Like, that's the only season he didn't get hurt. You know, it's like, yeah, Keontae yeah. Ingram. <laughs> Keontae Ingram was, you know, a, an elite-level prospect coming out of high school and had to transfer because of uh, checks notes. Bijan fucking Robinson. Okay, fine. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, what do we – you know, he's a he's – a, almost six foot, 220 plus pound player who, who runs well, catches the football. Like, what are we, what are we, what are we doing? Like this guy, absolutely. He is my, you know, I don't even know what to say. Like he is so criminally underdrafted. It's, it's ridiculous. Now I'm not saying he's a sure thing to hit. Otherwise I'd have him at fucking RB one, but he's definitely got a better overall shot to, to, to land than where he's being drafted. Get me off my soapbox. Yeah, man, he's being drafted. Like you said, like, you know, people are probably looking at us funny when we're taking him in the middle of the third round. Like, dude, this, they're dumb. Like, dude, yeah. why are you taking And, you know, the thing is, the Sharps are actually like, I have to take him early because I know in, in the leagues I'm in, I'm like, oh, yeah, yes. this guy's going to take Ingram, right? And I'm like, try and trade up like one, one pick ahead just so I make sure I can lock him in. And yeah, you know, of course, right? I can't, I can't get the trade. And then Ingram goes. And then they're they're you know then he's impossible to get, um, yeah it, it's it's funny to me because just looking at his his profile, it's not great but like there's people there's players that like Isaiah Spiller that we weren't on, you know that people are like falling in love with head over heels and and then trying to overdraft, and then like completely fading. Keontae Ingram and I'll say Isaiah Spiller is in a decent spot too right so I mean sure. you know he's an Eckler injury away from you know having a really good role in the Justin Herbert team offense yeah I think but, I think Keontae Ingram is in with Isaiah Spiller same, same yeah, tier exactly. yeah yeah same tier right and yeah. it's like for a round later <laughs> right for a All round day. and a half in some cases <laughs> yeah. right exactly yeah for All me day. he's in the same tier like Tyler Algier Ty- Tyrion however the fuck you say his name Davis Price the kid out of LSU mm-hmm. like Zamir White, Brian Robinson, you know, a little bit further down. But I want to ask you about the, yeah. the Davis Price kid. Um, I don't know. Like I, I, I can't put my finger on him. Like you know, he has a, he has the three, the hyphenated name, the three, yeah. the three names coming out yeah. of LSU, <laughs> giving me, giving me some uh, PTSD. Yep. Um, but I mean, <laughs> all serial killers had three names. I mean, it's just a problem. You definitely have to be careful with these fucking guys. But I, I mean, I mean, do you think he's a, he's in San Francisco. Do you think he actually is worth a shot? I mean, there's Elijah Mitchell. I mean, you know, did okay. I mean, I don't think the Niners are obviously married to him at all. Um, they'll probably just churn backs anyways, but 
it, here's the thing. Like, don't you think that like whoever the fuck they like, they'll play? Like they've proven that year over year. Raheem Mostert was playing. They didn't give a yeah. shit who it was. I mean, Raheem Mostert was playing over somebody with more draft capital and more pedigree because he had none of those things. So yeah. like they're just gonna play whoever they like. So if they like uh, you know, John Wayne Gacy more than Elijah Mitchell, they're gonna play it. Oh, Tyron Davis Price, whatever his <laughs> three three names is, the serial killer, that's his new fucking nickname. Um, you know, he's gonna he's gonna play. I mean, he's a young kid. Uh, you know, I don't know much about him, to be honest with you. I mean, he he didn't really do too much. He didn't have a very big do dominator, anything. right? I mean, he wasn't very prolific. He had one season over 450 yards rushing, you know, like I don't know. That's I mean, you know, didn't do much. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he was a guy that literally had, yeah, I mean, no production profile really that was exciting. <laughs> no, um, no, I mean, decent athletic profile. I yeah, mean, you know, combine numbers and rats like it looked pretty good. But it's, I don't know, it just nothing, nothing excites me about him, and he's no. like what going end of the second round, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm taking Keontae Ingram over him, which means that I'm almost always going to get Keontae Ingram over you know, Davis price or whatever, but you know, I would take them both. I mean, like you said, I mean, that's a, that's where I'm basically shifting to all these backs. Like, you know, as soon as, you know, Tolbert's off the board, maybe now David Bell, I'm just taking Zamir white and Keontae Ingram and Brian Robinson, Tyrion Davis price, like just keep them coming. Like, you know, I mean, you can go a little bit further down. Hassan Haskins, you know, Kennedy Brooks is going undrafted in these drafts. I don't understand that. Like, I know he went undrafted in real football, but like Jerome Ford, all those guys, like just keep, you know, hitting the, hitting those guys. Uh, you know, that's basically the tier I think, right? Like, I don't think there's too much after that. Like Kevin Harris and, uh, Pierre strong. God, I wish the Pats would have only drafted one of those guys. Then it like makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But now yeah. you like have to like be like, wait, they have fucking how many running back? They have five running backs right now. Like that are, Somewhat fantasy worthy. Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, uh, Kevin Harris, Pierre Strong, and James White. And I don't know what the hell is going to happen. Um, what do you think about that whole situation? I mean, are you drafting either Pierre Strong or Kevin Harris at all? I'm taking Pierre Strong, like yeah, fourth round, like end of the third, yeah. maybe depending. Um, but yeah. definitely in the fourth round if he's there, I'll, I'll smash Pierre Strong. Kevin Harris, I liked uh, quite a bit pre-draft. Uh, yeah, I hate, I hate where he went. Yep. But but um you know like like you said New New England we don't know what we don't know what the hell they're going to do man. Yeah. We have no damn idea. <laughs> That's right. No idea. No idea. And I mean Pierre Strong is just like the he's got that sort of I mean that's the thing with both these guys they both have like ceiling, you know what I mean? But like they yeah. don't have any ceiling at the in New England. Like there's no Oh yeah, imagine if this guy got hurt. Well, then there's the other four. You know what I mean? It's like it's like it's not there's no clear path. Like even with, you know, um Hassan Haskins, you know, it's like, well, if Derrick Henry gets hurt, then pretty good, you know, or you know, uh Kennedy Brooks, it's kind of like, well, I mean, you know, Miles Sanders gets hurt every year and he's not all that good between the tackles. They might see him as the Jordan Howard guy and maybe he just starts to steal touches and, you know, uh Sanders is a free agent and you know, yada, yada, yada. Next thing you know, you're like Kennedy Brooks. But, you know, <laughs> there's just no story to tell for 
Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris, like, well, if all four running backs get into a car accident, except, you know, Pierre Strong wasn't on, in the car, he could be a fucking, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Maybe Tyquan Thornton could be driving that car. That would be, that would make me happy. <laughs> Sorry. Weird, man. Like, Pierre Strong, like, Kevin Harris, Damian Harris, like, they all feel like the same damn player, too. It's just like, you know? Yeah. I, I, I yeah, like kind of grinders. I mean, they can kind of they can catch, right? They're not like bad. I mean, so, so are you taking <clears throat> Keontae Ingram, Tyler Algier, uh, Spiller over the likes of like Mechie, Khalil Shakir, and Wandale Robinson? Uh, Wandale, yes. Uh, I don't like Wandale at all. Yeah, right? <laughs> just have him so low. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't like him at all. Um, and I'm probably wrong on him. Maybe. Um, yeah. Um, Algier Spiller, I have him over. I have over Shakir, um, Mechie. I, I, you know, the thing is, like Mechie, Pierce Tolbert, I probably prefer over like the Algier Spiller, Keontae Ingram crowd. Yeah. Quite honest. Yeah, that's that's it's close, right? So like, yeah, I have it's, Tolbert. It's all close, though. I have Tolbert ahead of them for sure for me, like generally. Yeah. But like. So Alec Pierce or Jalen Tolbert, who do you like? Uh, right now I have Alec yeah. Pierce ahead of Tolbert, but I think it's only because like I think immediate opportunity. I think Alec Pierce will probably see more immediate targets. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Right? I don't I know, man. Wrong. Yeah, who knows, right? I mean, th- that's the interesting thing with these. Like, so are any of these sort of third round wide receivers, the pro the profile that we've seen in the past, that's like popped. I don't know that it is. That's the problem. I like, I, I don't, don't see so. the McLaurin profile. I don't see the uh, Claypool profile. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure. I mean, I just don't know. I, I think I might want to fade all of them. That's why I'm thinking about taking like Mechie, I guess is okay. Like, Mechie's but, okay, you know, but he's a little small. Yeah, he's just—he's um, a guy. He's gonna be fine. You know, I think he's gonna be a long-term pro, actually. I, I mean, I like—I like Alex Pierce because he's size, yeah, half capital, and then like athletic. And then if you look at his like, um, you know, success metrics against like coverage, it's it's like it's passable, right? It's like you know, kind of with with you know, you would expect from like a serviceable starting quality. Yep. I don't know. I, I feel like Alec Pierce, if I had to kind of yeah gauge it, it's like, yeah, he put up 650 yards as a freshman. Right? Like I can kind of like trick myself into like liking him, you know? Yeah. Like, if you uh, were to draw the word like the, the a picture of what a bus would look like, though, you would draw a picture of Alec Pierce. <laughs> yes, I would. I don't yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. athletic guy, Cincinnati, four years. Like you'd be like, no, no, no. This is I've heard this story before. Like you know what I mean? He just he exudes that, but yet he is tantalizing. Like ran a four four, like great burst. Like yeah. you know he's six three two ten. Like played with he's a classic Ritter. Kyle prospect. He's a classic Kyle. Yeah, Kale. he's a Kyle prospect. <laughs> yeah, meaning meaning Kyle's an idiot and picks all the wrong guys. That's what he meant by that. <laughs> just dunking on Kyle. No no ability to defend himself. Um, but yeah, I mean yeah, he just he just he strikes me that way, and for that reason. I want to like just lean into the opportunity of these running backs. Like, I mean, Hassan Haskins over Alec Pierce. Yeah, I think so. Like, 
I mean, because really? if really? yeah, if, if Alec Pierce hits, like, what am I getting? Like, is he really? I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe he's going to be like a. I don't know. I, yeah, you really Hassan think Haskins, he's? Haskins. Am I am I missing out on Hassan Haskins? Am I like am I sleeping? Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, Derek Henry is now 29 years old. He played with two steel plates and one in his shoe and one in his foot last year and looked like he had a steel plate in his foot and his shoe when he played. So, like, that's all better now? Hmm. What, Don Shelley Hilliard? <laughs> right? So, okay, so then if if the foot's not... that That's the problem. So, like, then if, it, if the foot's fine, okay, yeah, he's a handcuffy guy but if the foot's not fine then all of a sudden it's like Dontrell Hilliard's what you're worried about it's like okay I'd rather yeah. have the upside there I mean who has more upside in year one like it's just, I mean well, I know who has more f- I get floor ceiling right like I, give me Hassan me. Haskins telling me I don't I currently have Hassan Haskins behind Alec Pierce in my rankings but as I look at him like I don't know man like I just want I I want to keep moving these running backs up because every time I'm on the clock I'm like fuck all these like wide receiver idiots like give me a give me a running back who might might hit like you know cuz I don't know there's like 10 of them and like two or three of them are going to do anything and the other seven are going to do shit but the two that do something are going to have like a borderline RB1 season like in the next 2 years yeah <laughs> I don't know which one like it could be Algier could be Spiller could be Ingram could be any one of the, I don't know which one, just so you know, it could be Zamir White, like, like, I don't know, I just don't know, but like, if Jacobs were to get hurt, Zamir White's pretty interesting, like, I just want shots with these running backs with, you know, the, if especially if I have multiple thirds, like, you know, and I'm a good team, I, I don't, even if I'm not a good team, I guess, because I really like Jelani Woods, we were right about Jelani Woods, you know, pre-draft, we were talking about Jelani Woods, um, you know, as the sleeper tight end, and then all of a sudden, he was the second tight end taken in the NFL draft. He's also got a pretty clear pathway to playing time. Any Jelani Woods in your portfolio? Because I'm all over his ass. No, man. I need I need to step up my game, bro. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have Jelani. <clears throat> well, if you're not drafting tight ends, that's probably yeah, I'm, a good play. Yeah, yeah, I'm generally not drafting tight right. ends like right now. I'm just not kind of where I'm where I'm at. I like to take a few shots on the on the guys I like. It's kind of, you know, but you have to be ready to sit on them. Scott Connor mentioned that last week on the show. If you're taking these tight ends, you better have like a taxi or a deep enough roster where you can just stash them and wait. Because if you cut bait after, you know, week 10, it could be like, you know, that he still could be great. You know, it's like you don't have any idea that that, that it's not a solved equation yet. So you kind of have to sit on these guys and wait. So, you know, if you have the ability to sit on them and wait, then draft tight ends. If you don't, then definitely just keep banging on these on these running backs, um, you know, because that's really where the value is in this draft is like third round running back. But by the way, as I as I was telling you that I was trying to tr- uh, draft um, Keontae Ingram everywhere, I literally tried to trade up in this in this. Uh, what is this? The machine? Is that the one yeah. we're doing together? Yeah. Yeah. I tried trading up in that draft so many times, a million times. Nobody would counter. Nobody gave me shit. They just basically told me to go F myself and then F myself, F myself, F myself. And finally, someone took Keontae Ingram while we were out doing this show. So Fantasy Dukes knew knew what I was up to and said, yeah, here's your guy. Now come trade for his ass, um, which I did to Blake Hampton. 
Yeah, 310. Dude, I was trying to trade up for him at like 3-4, 3-5, 3-6, Nobody, 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 nobody. Mackins made the mistake of A, not letting me trade up to get him, and then B, not fucking drafting Keontae Ingram. Yeah, what are you doing? I don't know. Mackins had like 11 or 12 picks, and like I was hungry to move up. And he, he, he fucking he had every chance in the world to take Keontae Ingram. Every chance not. to take him or every chance to like try and get something right. from me because like, you know, he's, he's a rebuilding team. So he might as well just keep getting some, you know, snowball in the value as you point out, but did not try to take advantage of me. I, I was, I was shunned. He didn't, he didn't want me. I should have wore some tighter clothes, I think. Yep. Yep. Definitely take it. He should not take in Jelani Woods, especially with rebuild. You just get all the running backs. Yep. And then, like, wait till yes. Antonio Gibson goes down, sell Brian Robinson immediately. Immediately, right? yes. Derrick Henry gets hurt. Hashan Haskins on the block. Get a sell. second, whatever you can, sell yep. it, you know? Yep, yep, yep. Keontae Ingram, James Conner's gone. <laughs> Trade immediately. Because those, you know, those guys aren't going to really hold that value forever. I mean. No. That's right. Ride it. You know, you ride it and then... um you know, it's just funny. I was looking at all these different running backs right over the years, and you know, even a couple of years ago, we're all chasing like Brian Hill off waivers. And it's like, yeah. where the hell is he right now? It's like, oh, he's in San Francisco. Okay, completely irrelevant, you know. Yeah, but you know, you know what I mean. It's like every year you're just gonna have these running backs that we're all chasing, and then you know, um, another guy, random name that just kind of came to mind was like T.J. Yeldon. Yeah, kind of some random recent names where you know had had some had some value for for a moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and we tend to we tend to overvalue them in our head. Like as soon as they do one little, like I did this with Khalil Herbert. I was like, he's taking Montgomery's job because he play, he looked good, and yeah. like in a few spots, I traded for him. And then I was like, I felt so stupid afterward. I'm like, the fuck was I thinking? Like, why would I think he's gonna take David Montgomery's <laughs> job? Like, what part of the, and and everybody in hindsight's like, yeah, you are an idiot. But if you remember, like we thought, wow, this kid's so good. And of course he is. He's an NFL running back. But, you know, the level of which they're good is like, it's just, that's where they lean on draft capital. They lean on salary. They lean on contract. You know, they just have to play the the pecking order. And so, you know, these late round running backs just have to be so, so good to to earn it. Or lucky, you know, lucky or good. And that's where, you know, James Robinson and Elijah Mitchell and, you know, even Aaron Jones. Think about Aaron Jones, how good he was. He was the last to get his contract. He didn't get as big a contract as the other guys. He got marginalized uh, in the backfield there. You know, like it was just hard for him, even though he's dope, it was hard for him to, you know, assert himself in that way uh, ever. And so you you really have to unfortunately, you know, pay attention to that stuff, even when you when you love a player. So on that note, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll close it out. Anything else you want to talk about before we, uh, before we close the show on people? Um, no, I mean, you know, it was a great time. Um, you know, actually one little you know, yeah, tid- tidbit that, you know, just cause you're talking about Aaron Jones. Um, you know, I, w- I would be going, going out and go, go get, uh, AJ Dillon. We're talking about running backs. Um, talking about Aaron Jones. Try to go get AJ Dillon right now. I think, I think some people are, Moving off of him fairly, fairly cheap or on the low. I I just got him for like two late seconds, huh. um, you know. And looking at Aaron Jones' contract, looking at the Packers' cap situation next year, um, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna move on from Aaron Jones next year. I'm pretty sure of that, just given that that cap situation, and um, they're gonna need to continue to build around Rodgers while they can. Um, 
Dylan, um, he'll he'll be there. So just kind of a last last thought I wanted to share. <sighs> Two late seconds. That's a pretty that's a pretty good uh, pretty good get for AJ Dylan. Nice job. Yeah, yeah thanks. Um, but yeah, no, thanks for having me on, man. You know, good talking rookies. Um, you know, you know, be be cool to come back after this um, rest of the rookie cycle here, and maybe end of June or so. See how things shake shake out. You know, as we get deeper into this, I think this class, especially the rankings, are so fluid to see how the market's shifting, right? And we just adapt. Um, yeah, it'd be good to see what happens. Yeah, I think there's a lot of like it's very flat after you know that that sort of top tier after the quarterbacks i guess right like when we that mid second after that it's like it's just all crapshoot like you know i've got a few a few drafts where i just have like a couple of fourths and a couple of fifths and i'm like oh who knows i'm <laughs> i might actually have as much as you know much of a shot of getting someone as you know these late thirds it's like who knows so yeah, for the most part, it gets a little bit flat there, especially, like I said, with all these running backs. And depending on what format, uh, not format, but what platform you play, you know, th- there's a lot of ADP, you know, issues with ADP. Let's just put it that way. So um, take advantage of that in your leagues when you see, you know, check our rankings, check like, you know, check even like keep trade cut value because even that is like a little bit more sharp than some of the ADPs. Um, but yeah, just, uh, you know, hit up, I, you know, I post my, my rankings all the time, check them out over at the undroppables.com. And right now we also have our full, uh, rankings, uh, you know, rookie rankings on our Patreon site. We do have uh, limited rookie rankings on our website, but, uh, go check it out, man. You know, this is, uh, you know, you can check chalk and I and, and see where we're taking people and, and where we have them tiered. And so that's all there. So check it out. The undroppables.com, uh, Go follow Chalk at 101 Chalk on Twitter. Um, and uh, for all things undroppables, he is the man. You know, his DMs are open. Hit him up. He's the absolute godfather. Let me tell you, he's one hell of a player uh, in Dynasty. He's just awesome, dude. Every time you're playing with him in a league, you look up and there's fucking Chalk with a dope team. I'm telling you, so, so good. So thanks for coming on and sharing your uh, your wisdom with him. Yeah, man. Thanks, bro. Um, always good, like I said. And um, yeah, looking forward to, you know, coming back and chatting again. Yeah, I've got a couple of teams where I'm going to take your ass down this year, for sure. I'm ready, man. I Let's know you it. are. That's the I'm sad ready. part. You're probably going to just <laughs> kick my ass. I'm going to talk in trash, but when it comes down to it, you just beat me every time. Uh, oh, I'm not so sure. All right. You're good, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on behalf <laughs> of everybody here at The Undrafted, on behalf of everybody here at The Undroppables, on behalf of a very, 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 very sad Philadelphia 76ers fan and my fucking Boston Celtics too, Michael P. Duncan. On behalf of the great Chalk, I am Jax Falcone, and we are...